The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to another episode of Sharp Lessons, everybody. Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Ben Wittenstein across from me, the professor, Nate Jacobson. Nate, you had an eventful weekend, man. How are you doing? Good. I was I'm not really off the grid because I was still uh, checking my phone, checking lines from faraway places. That yes. faraway place being uh, <laughs> Auburn, Alabama. I was at the Mizzou the at Auburn SEC. game, which not expectingly made headlines for what ended up being the wrong reasons. Um, I know it was the lead of Bad Beats even, or the ending of Bad Beats last night after Monday Night Football on Van Pelt Sports Center. So, tough one in yeah. terms of uh, watching football. It wasn't a good game. Both these teams aren't very good. Uh, I don't think there's much value in betting against Auburn anymore this season because they look so bad and they're down the third-string quarterback. But definitely yeah. when they get into this SEC West gauntlet that they're going to go through, I would definitely not look to bet on them because it's a team that's not good. And from what the fans are saying down there, they're about to quit on their coach if they haven't already. So, <laughs> yeah, tough one as hey, a Mizzou alum, but cool yeah. campus, nice town, uh, good to be there. And uh, it was ended up being a good week with the betting for both of us, I believe. Really, yeah, it did for definitely me, for you. Saturday. I went one and one. Yeah, so Saturday two and zero with the best bets. Also had some something on Kansas State that I wrote about in the article. And the round table and then the big bet on Sunday was the Indianapolis Colts plus seven. We didn't give it out as a best bet on last Wednesday's podcast. It was a Thursday podcast we recorded Wednesday before I left because right when we started recording, that line dipped from six and a half to Colts plus five and a half. And at six, I was like... I wasn't as interested to make no. at least a best bet. It wasn't and, as intriguing, yeah. And then that closed, I think, four and a half, five, because Michael Pittman was in and Alec Pierce was in. So Colts got some guys back in terms of uh, receivers. And honestly, looking back at the box score, they're even lucky they covered the game. They could have easily oh, – they yeah. should have lost. And if the Chiefs executed with field goals or just in the red zone, they definitely could have won by double digits. So still concerned about the Colts, who only averaged 3.8 yards per play in that game. Uh, but a much-needed win for their season for some of my bets, especially in a weak division that is the AFC South. Yeah, it was a it was a game I was not super sweating because we, we both had plus seven. We jumped on that earlier on in the week. But there were definitely times where I was starting to think, uh, Kansas City's up four, they have the ball, they're probably going to score a touchdown, and then somehow they didn't. So luckily that plus seven was as good of a number. Probably should have bet money line apparently on that game, but I was happy we got a good number at plus seven. And then for the record, for the show, you went 2-0, as you said. You got James Madison, Oregon State, both plus seven. Those both hit. Clemson team total over 31.5, that hit for me. And yep. then Oregon, I would never want to speak of Oregon ever again on this podcast, Nate. I, I don't want to talk about Bo Nix. I don't want to talk about the Ducks. They had the game covered with five seconds left. They were up by 10. They did what they needed to do, pick six cover by 10 and then they give up just i think it was like a 40 yard pass 50 yard pass something like that to the one yard line and then they just ran it in with five seconds left 
And uh, there's the cover. There goes minus six and a half. So that was not a fun way to lose a bet. That, that was a tough beat. That was a bad beat. And I got killed by the bad beat from Mizzou, too. They, I live bet Mizzou at, uh, at halftime. <laughs> and, it was and out of my control. Me. I don't know how you don't hold on to a ball. I'm not, it's not, I'm not responsible for, for what <sighs> happened. You could have yelled at him more. You could have made out of my voice control. <laughs> it was just rough. That, yeah. that was a rough way to lose. But I'm glad the Clemson team total hit. Um, as a show, we're, we're making up ground. We're we're climbing back into it. We're eight and nine, forty seven percent win percentage, and uh, we're we're back to actually like winning more bets than losing per week. We got off to a bit of a rocky start, but this week, heading into week five for college for college football, week four for the NFL, I think we're we're kind of feeling out some of these lines. It seems like. Yep. Uh, well, yeah. Looking forward to this week. Um, there's definitely some weather things to take a take a look at this week if you are betting, especially college football as there's a hurricane coming up Florida and yeah. the Carolinas expected rain. So there's going to be some games actually be already moved around in terms of college football. So just remember if you bet a game and then it moves dates, it's usually no action and you have to rebet the game as like a new bet. So always read your house rules when it comes to that stuff, but just a, a heads up that if you think there's some lines and totals off, there's probably a, a weather-related thing, especially if it's in the southeast part of the U.S. So I don't know what you learned over the weekend other than yeah. unless you really like that TikTok you made. Maybe don't post TikToks after drinking, one of the two. <laughs> but for me, I was on the, the USC over. Uh, I think it was like 70 and a half or something like that. Yeah. I learned never bet overs when it's that high. I just can't do it. And there's a couple high, there's high 60s, and that one got to like 70, 71. You know, looking back at how dumb of a bet that was, you you know how much you have to have go right, right. for it to hit over that number? So I think from now on, I'm going to be pretty cautious about it. But if I see a higher 67, 68 type of total... Uh, that might almost be like an automatic underbet for me at this point. That that's something I learned the harsh way. Yeah, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much for that game because on paper we were looking at how US's USC's defense was getting the turnovers and their scoring yep. defense looked good, but from uh, yards per play or just total yards given up, they have given up a lot of yards to probably worse competition. Yeah, in Stanford and, and Fresno State in terms of like talent. And here you have Oregon State, offensive-minded head coach and Jonathan Smith. I know the quarterback isn't isn't amazing, but I thought there was a real potential that Oregon State would be able to put up more points. I did too, and that would force USC and maybe Oregon State's defense to kind of you know struggle, I guess, and USC's offense that has been humming to do well, and the exact opposite happened. So. I don't think you should, you know, get too upset or like regret it or something or like bet under now because of that. Uh, I just think it's one of those weird things with football. And there was a lot of USC, the turnover stuff continued where they were plus four in turnovers. Yeah. Uh, There was a situation where they were at their own goal line and and Travis Dye fumbled. And I thought for sure someone on Oregon State was going to pick it up and pretty much be in the end zone. And somehow USC recovered it so that kind of shows how their season's going and one day one game where they're a big favorite i could see a scenario where they don't get those turnovers and they're going to be on a ropes to a a much lesser pac-12 school so arizona state not them i was thinking maybe like washington maybe washington state i think they play in two weeks but yeah yeah, Arizona State's a, a lame duck oh. team, but yeah, I, I think lose. I think one thing that I did and well and I was happy with was targeting lines early in the week, knowing what I want to bet, and when I f- get, see a number, bet 
at a key number, like plus seven with Oregon State, yep. and that closed five and a half. Getting plus seven with the Colts, and that closed five, I think four and a half in some spots on game day. And just trying to like have a – and I've been doing this for a while, but just kind of knowing who I might want to bet and then kind of like writing down like what number am I looking for. And it's usually on like on a key number or on the other side of a key number, whether it's three, three and a half, six – Mm-hmm. and a half seven seven and a half so all those like numbers around those key numbers so i think just kind of doing that and trying to read the market is is what i'm kind of learned and it was a good learning lesson because it worked out this yeah, week in yeah. those two games even if even if the results didn't go out i was happy with the bets i made so trying to apply that going forward and kind of waiting to see if if either if there is a game that i like but kind of want a better number that in some instances, unless there's like an injury thing, there's there's no harm in waiting just to see if it comes back to you and playing it on the key number. Yeah, because the worst thing that happens is you don't make the bet. And yeah. That, you know, that's fine. You don't lose get, money that way. You can get involved live, which yeah. I know for content purposes isn't great because people want to hear yeah. our picks and know about the bets we make. But there's definitely other bets I make kind of personally or live bets that I don't have time to share because Gotta tweet them out i know people well i don't think anyone should do share live bets when it comes yeah to football, it could change just because so like uh, i'm I'll, maybe it's to keep yourself accountable but also like the numbers at different sports books for live betting are all different yeah it's not like a, a pre-game a pre-flop bet where pretty much the market's consensus especially by game day you can find some pretty big discrepancies in live so i don't want to be tweeting out things where people might not have access to and also just not enough time not yeah enough that would be a lot so, to keep track of because there's a lot there's a lot of maybe, live bet opportunities maybe, on Saturdays. maybe a lot at, of beer flowing yeah maybe at halftime make bets or you know yeah. half second half bets because you do have like nfl 10 minutes to get down and college a little bit longer with the marching bands but um, live bets, kind of a different story. Yeah, unless it's uh, unless it's Mizzou, then that's not really what you want. Opening bell. Let's look at some of the opening lines for college football that we like. I mean, it worked out for us last week. Looking at the, some of these opening lines on Tuesday helped us make some of these early bets where we got better numbers than what ended up on Saturday and on Sunday. So we we have two games that we want to look at. Opening bell that's had some significant line movement going into this week and, and going into Wednesday. Florida State, Wake Forest. Florida State has moved from a four point favorite, pretty significant favorite, to now six and a half against Wake Forest. And Wake Forest taking Clemson to overtime. First half looked like they may be done, came back, and, and did a great job holding holding that Clemson offense down. Um, but Florida State, it was a 44-14 over Boston College. I, I yep. think they really impressed a lot of people. Yep. It's at home for Florida State, I believe this game is. So I, I can see why the line movement's kind of touching that seven. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things going here. One, this would have actually been a potential thing to mention the hangover game section, but since we're talking about it here, we won't mention that in that specific section. But yeah, Wake Forest coming off that big home game against Clemson, went to double overtime and lost. So a little bit of a letdown there. I mean, probably even more of a letdown if they won, but they, they lost the game. But even the week before, they struggled against Liberty. So maybe they were looking ahead to Clemson yeah. the week after, but I think we got Wake's best performance last week against Clemson and now they're on the road Florida State's 4-0 I think there's a lot of enthusiasm at Florida State because they haven't been ranked in in a couple years and the impressive part of their win last week against Boston College was I didn't think Jordan Travis was healthy he suffered an injury on that Friday night game about a week and a half ago against Louisville 
and he looked pretty serious when it happened. And he did practice last week, but I'm thinking like, oh, it's Boston College. Maybe they sit him out. He ends up playing, and he ends up playing very well. So I think Jordan Travis being healthy, available, kind of maybe the uncertainty that like when the lines open Sunday, there wasn't enough time to like kind of reflect on the uh, Florida State performance. So they opened it low, and it got bet up right away. What's keeping me off betting Florida State right now is one of the, it's one of the games that's impacted by could be impacted by hurricane ian like it could change dates um or or days or like like i know the florida game is going to be on sunday now instead of saturday i don't know this is a acc game kind of a prime spot to uh, 330 eastern so they might be waiting and weighing in all their options but because of the rain i don't really want to bet on the favorite right now because if there is rain then naturally the total will go down and because of that probably Florida State would become less of a favorite if it's hard to score. So I like Florida State or the idea of betting Florida State. I just want to wait off on seeing what number I can get and kind of monitoring the weather situation down in Tallahassee. We got Ole Miss in Kentucky where it looks like people are, are liking Ole Miss right now. Minus yeah. four to minus six and a half against Kentucky, and that game is going to be at Ole Miss, of course. So they're getting they're getting some home favorite money. Um, Kentucky's ranked seventh. Ole Miss is ranked 14th, so you have someone coming into this game without really knowing what's going on and saying, oh, seventh-ranked team, higher-ranked teams going on the road, plus six and a half, kind of like that number. I might be one of these people that kind of like Kentucky, but now that the line has moved this much, I'm a little worried I'd be on the wrong side, even betting Kentucky, even at a higher number. Yeah, these are the games in college sports I like. I love. Yeah. The, the highly, like the top 10 team going on the road, and they're a pretty substantial underdog, and it's kind of like a – What's going on? Like, yeah. well, how is that possible? I well, that myself the reason it's possible is because odds makers don't care about the AP poll <laughs> in college football and college basketball. So, yeah, Kentucky is definitely not a top ten team. They're I don't even know a top twenty team in the country. I, I know like the difference between ten and like twenty five in college football is is small. So it depends on the day. But Kentucky, there's there's at least uh, more than seven teams better in the nation than Kentucky. I think Ole Miss is one of those teams that is better than Kentucky, and the the line move indicates that. And just thinking about it, Kentucky, their best win of the season, their kind of signature win was at Florida. Florida just beat Utah, so Florida was ranked highly, probably overranked, and Kentucky was a six-point underdog. And they go into the swamp, win that game. But then the next week, Florida almost loses to USF at home, and then they lost – to Tennessee last week. So Kentucky's like one good win. They're probably hanging their hat on. That's the reason why they're ranked so high. Not even a good win, against a team that was two and two. And this big game for Will Levis, and I'm not a full believer in him. I know the NFL draft stock is higher than I guess I would expect, and he has the prototypical quarterback body, but he hasn't done much to impress me, honestly, as a passer. So pretty big test here at Ole Miss, early start in Oxford. But again – the lines move to probably where it should be, and I have a little bit of trouble wanting to or feel comfortable laying almost a touchdown with Ole Miss in this situation. So maybe it gets back down to minus six. I'd have some more interest in Ole Miss in this game, but I do think that's the only side, or it is the only side I'd be able to look at it in terms of betting Ole Miss or just passing it altogether. Yeah, I think I would want a little bit of a lower favorite for Ole Miss. I don't know if we're going to get some late-week money on Kentucky, but yeah. uh, they, six and a half. I mean, they, they look pretty good 
last week, I, I would say, against Tulsa. They looked okay. Uh, they didn't score in the second half. Well, yeah, it was well, 35-27, so I think... They didn't cover. What, was, <laughs> what I was hoping was that result would maybe keep people from not betting Ole Miss early, but yeah, then Kentucky like goes it. out later that night and only beats Northern Illinois by one possession. So I think both teams were looking ahead of this game. I didn't even like really think about that last week when we were doing the situations of the week and thinking this was a potential look-ahead game for both teams just because the opponents they were playing against. So, yeah, so I think uh, Ole Miss is the side. I, I think the line move is justified, and I'd be cautious betting Kentucky uh, unless it got to like seven and a half or something, then maybe I wouldn't you know, be okay with people betting that. But just because they're the seventh-ranked team in the AP poll – uh, doesn't mean they are the seventh best team in all of college football. So let's talk it out real fast. We haven't done this segment this year yet. Talk it out. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do. What's that? Talk me out of it. And this is this is for me. I want to talk this one out with you because I've been I've been thinking heavily about this. And it's NC State plus six and a half at Clemson. Uh, I had Clemson minus seven last week. That didn't come through against Wake Forest. And we're seeing we're just talking about Wake right. And Florida State's getting more money on Wake Forest. So you kind of see how the market feels, how good Wake can be. Clemson struggled against them in the second half, got taken to two overtimes against them. I, I, I'm kind of leaning NC State plus six and a half against Clemson this week. And and that is going to be, of course, a game that might be affected by this weather. Yeah. But that makes me like the underdog even more, honestly. Yeah. So I, I guess NC State, going in the year, we were high on them. Yeah, a lot of people were high on them. Over eight and a half wins was a bet for us. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up betting them to win the ACC Atlantic, which is the same division as Clemson. Also, Florida State's in that division, so that should be a good uh, battle for who represents the division in the ACC championship game. Um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to – I don't know. I, I'm kind of conflicted on this game because even though NC State is undefeated – they haven't really looked amazing. They had that really close call against East Carolina. And then Clemson, I think, they didn't look great to start the year, first game, but they have played better. Mm-hmm. And then yes, last week, kind of, uh, I mean, you were on the team total over. I didn't really expect their offense to play that well. And I guess now I'm worried about Clemson's defense. But if it is raining a lot that night, will that be, It'll be enough or will that matter? So. It's a tough game for me to judge. I guess for win total bets, I'll be rooting for NC State, but I don't think I'll, you know, feel the need, I guess, to back them in another way against the spread. But um, let's see where that line goes because I think uh, it could move a little bit based on the weather reports. Yeah, I mean, if that gets to seven, I'm going to hop all over, all over NC State. Their defense has been just has been really impressive, and and I know the the competition hasn't been super great for them so far this year. I mean, the toughest team they've played has probably been Texas Tech, but yeah. This is going to be a whole difficult new offense that they have faced, and DJU's been fantastic. Clemson's offense has been really good, and we saw them. They, they got over the 31-and-a-half the mark in regulation, so it wasn't even that they needed overtime to do that. So they got over the mark of what the market expected them to be. So I am a little bit worried that their defense is going to have that kind of a cold shock playing Clemson and, and how good their offense is. But listen, if you're going to give me seven to a pretty good NC State team, I'll, I'll gladly hop on that one later on in the week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's do Market Watch with some NFL games. Uh, talking some NFL, we got, uh, let's see, Panthers plus two and a half. That has moved from an underdog for the Panthers, now a favorite against yeah. the Cardinals. I uh, don't love backing the Panthers as favorites, <laughs> even though it's against the Cardinals team that has looked just like complete garbage. Um, I don't know if you're picking a side here, if you like a side on this one, but I, I just I don't know if I could pack back the Panthers as a favorite. So last week when the look ads came out, I saw the, the Cardinals as a, a road favorite in the game. I was thinking panthers will probably be a bet for me but then cardinals lose to the rams a game that they got down early and they try to keep coming back and they just settled for a bunch of field goals and the panthers won against a banged up saints team but they also gave up a lot of yards to the saints so kind of two really weird results for both teams but because the panthers won i think the kind of perception of them is they're actually okay and now they're favored against a cardinals team who's one and two if their one win was a huge rally against the Raiders. So kind of wanted to bet the Panthers before, while they were underdogs or on the look-ahead line if, if results went that way. And Too much now. They were underdogs, but now as a favorite at home, I'm a little bit worried, especially because the Cardinals, especially last year, were always best in the road underdog role. They just for some reason play better on the road. I don't know really what it is. So the Panthers were kind of like yeah, I still probably bet the Panthers if it was you know I had to bet the game and I'll I'll consider them, especially in some contests because it's kind of a tough week uh, looking at the NFL stuff. But I would have definitely liked the Panthers is the uh, underdog in this game and now that they're favorite I'll uh, not sure what I'm going to do basically I'll, I'll more it's a weird line Tuesday. movement yeah, yeah it's it weird for that type of team to go from an underdog to a favorite and I understand it's against the Cardinals but. I mean, the Panthers are nothing to write home about. I get that they beat the Saints and, and they looked okay doing yeah, it. Yeah, but well, they won twenty-two to fourteen. They had a fumble recovery for a touchdown yeah. early, and then they hit an explosive pass, and that was it in terms of their scoring. So they haven't been impressive, it, even though they won and the scorebook looks good. Basically, I don't. I get worried about betting on teams after they kind of have a misleading win. I don't know if it's a misleading win is the right word, but a, a win that was created by kind of fluky plays, whether it's a yeah. defensive touchdown would be misleading. or a lot of turnovers, and the Saints did turn over the ball, Yeah, probably because they have a quarterback who's playing with like a fractured spine. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. Cardinals are definitely a big fade team for me. Um, yeah, I, you know, I bet on them against the Raiders, and they miraculously won. I, I would just kind of wait. I'm going to wait and see where this line goes because I think this can kind of go back to a pick em. I could see people being interested in, in uh, Arizona in this road underdog role that they thrive in and then maybe betting the Panthers and basically a pick em situation. We got the quarterback battle for the Packers and the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Hoyer. Minus 6.5 for the Packers, and understandably, Green Bay has been getting a lot of the money. Minus 10.5. Um, it's a high line. It's a high line, yeah. and I know Brian Hoyer's <laughs> Brian Hoyer, so right. you kind of know what you get with him with the Patriots, and they didn't really even look good with Mac Jones anyway. And the Packers look good, so I get why this line's moving, but man, 10.5, 11-point favorite in the NFL. 
every any given week you can, you can have a team upset that you patriots could even win this game type of thing so that's that's a long long favorite number to play yeah for sure and and as you mentioned the look ahead line was six and a half so after hoyer gets hurt some openers come out and they're a little bit short and i was thinking like it seems like mac jones was pretty severely injured based yeah. on the pictures i think there was one book that opened it reopened at seven and a half and then once we got some reports that mac jones you know had an mri and then things look more serious this got out to double digits by monday morning so i think a justified move obviously it's kind of hard to judge though what the drop off is from mac jones to brian hoyer it's probably not that big <laughs> well yeah it's there's a few ways to go about it like Two in terms points? of the player i personally made it three points three points field goal and i think that might even yeah. not be good enough just because looking at the patriots offense it's the pieces aren't very good it's an offense that's ran by matt patricia and joe judge so this would be a little bit <clears throat> different even though josh mcdaniel mcdaniels isn't you know a popular name because he's you know the raiders are zero and three you still like Brian Hoyer knows his system and probably would, you know, do well in it. But now it's kind of a, a new system that he's probably not familiar with. Yeah. You also have to look at the Patriots defense that really struggles against the Ravens and just I think in general isn't a very good unit. So it's a big number, especially for a, a Bill Belichick team to be getting. I think the line move is justified. The thing is though, the Packers off to the two and one start, get by the Bucks. They're just playing so slow offensively. Yeah. Where they're just trying to like run the ball, grind it out. And I don't think they're gonna be, you know, looking to win by margin in terms of, you know, putting a lot of points on the board. I still think their offense a little bit of work in progress. And we're they're gonna run the ball and it's gonna be a slow paced game. So game with a low total in the in the high high, spread low total. High thirties. You don't see that a lot in the NFL. A team that plays very slow. And kind of the idea that a, a backup can maybe for one game rally a team around him. It's not going to be fun, but I might have to bet the Patriots. I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. Yeah. I've already bet the Patriots once this year, and they completely buffed it for me. So I'm a little little hesitant. But when the line is that high, and the yeah. Green Bay, you know, I'm always skeptical of NFL teams that have had it too good for too long type of thing. They've looked really good for a couple of games here and there, and suddenly their line gets really high and people are high in them it's a perfect time to bet against them and i don't know if it's going to be the patriots that end that against the spread streak but the number if it gets to 11 11 and a half man that's real tempting it's really tempting to bet the patriots at that number yeah if mac jones was healthy and this line was like seven i'd have a lot of interest in the patriots this week um just think that the packers right now offensively there are definitely good parts and they're getting healthier on the offensive line but in terms of wide receivers, it's not a very inspiring group if they're going to cover a big number. Yeah, he's not going to have help. The other thing to think about the, this game, the Packers closed minus 10 week two against the Bears, a Bears team kind of coming off a win, expecting a letdown, and the Packers in a bounce-back situation. And now the Packers are favored by 10 and a half, 11. And even with Brian Hoyer, I still think the Brian Hoyer Patriots might be better oh, than yeah. the Chicago Bears. So if you, look, if you look in that way – then there's probably line value on New England. So it's not going to be pretty, but, I mean, it's New England or pass for sure. And in a contest where I have to pick five games, I feel like this could be a good contest pick because I don't think a lot of people will be on New England. It's, they'd be on Green Bay or they would just pass the game and look at others. So kind of talking myself into the Patriots, <laughs> at least a small bet, but I'm just going to wait till game day. I don't think I can bet 
about it now because I don't think it's going to get like worse or like I'll, it's not going to go under double digits. So I'll just wait it out and maybe get a 12, 12 and a half, 13. Not sure if that's going to happen. That would be insane. If it gets that high, you're going to have to see money on the Patriots at that point. Exactly. You're just because a lot of sharps move that line. Yeah. The game, the, it's too low of a total of a game for, um, to get, yeah. for it to get that high. So yeah. just kind of wishful thinking. But yeah, Patriots to pass is kind of the, uh, the overall general thought of that game. Okay, let's do uh, – I have one talk it out I want to do real fast. 49ers minus 2.5 against the Rams. I know you talked. We were talking about the 49ers earlier on in the office. I, I like the 49ers in this spot. Under a yeah. field goal favorite against a Rams team who Kyle Shanahan coaches well against the Rams. Rams didn't super impress me last week anyways, and the 49ers are coming off a bad loss. So it's really the perfect spot, in my opinion, to hit this 49ers team. And – Jimmy G will be Jimmy G, and right. he had a bad game last week, so maybe this week he has a good game. That's uh, what you can count on. Honestly, you said exactly what I think about this game in terms yeah. of the the coaching matchup where Shanahan's gotten the better McVay. You're getting a team off a win, um, facing a team off a loss and kind of an embarrassing loss on Sunday night, trying to bounce back. They're also at home. It's under a field goal. I bet the Niners to win the division this year. Obviously, that was with Trey Lance, so maybe it's a different story. But I think the point you said about Jimmy G is really important where sometimes he's going to have a really bad game, but sometimes he's going to play good enough to win. And I think the 49ers in this matchup, being familiar with the Rams Mm -hmm. and Jimmy G being familiar with the Rams defense, it's it's a good bounce back spot for the Niners at anything uh, under a field goal. So I know this game isn't for another six days, but – Right now, my favorite bet in terms of the NFL this week, week four, would be the 49ers at two and a half or better. Don't be um, scared by Trent Williams. Yeah, that, that's one thing. Don't um, be scared. I'm worried, not worried about, but I think because of that injury, that line can come back to like two, maybe one and a half. So yeah. I'm in no really rush to bet it because I, unless I'm thinking the market's going to go to minus three on this game. Um, so going to monitor that. But uh, if it's not, I'll just wait till probably like – even Sunday or even Monday to bet this game. Yeah. So, no, oh, I like it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of betting the 49ers to to bounce back in a, in a division that they definitely can win, even with the uh, the new quarterback or the old quarterback who's uh, reinserted into the starting lineup. Situations of the week. We have three. Let's go hangover. We have Texas Tech, Washington State, Nate. Two hangover teams going into this one. Lousy hangover. Yeah, so Texas Tech, they're playing at Kansas State. Yep. And Texas Tech. One of your favorite teams. Yeah, and the huge win. Huge out. win for Kansas State last week against Oklahoma. And that's actually one of the so reasons no why. over for Kansas State? It could be. And that's the issue I have maybe with like laying a big number against them. Yeah. But I think the hangover for Texas Tech is a lot more extreme. Okay. They were at home. They beat Texas. Obviously, the, you know the most hated, I guess, in-state opponent for mm-hmm. them. If Like the Texas Tech coach, uh, McGuire, knows that, you know, that winning that game is just big for momentum in terms of recruiting as it's his first year yeah. uh, in Lubbock so or as the head coach of, of Texas Tech. So Texas Tech wins that game. If you look at Bill Conley's uh, advanced box score for the game, Texas Tech only had a 2.4% chance to win or a post-game win expectancy. So whether it was the Texas turnovers, Texas Tech basically was perfect on converting fourth downs. Like everything broke right for Texas Tech in Lubbock, storm the field. Now you have to go to Manhattan, yeah. a place their Big 12 teams traditionally struggle. And this is a good Kansas State team, as we saw last week against Oklahoma. So 
I'm thinking about betting Kansas State again, laying a little bit now in a different mm-hmm. role, now a big favorite instead yeah. of a big underdog. But I think this is a good spot to fade Texas Tech, a team that two weeks ago we talked about fading uh, before the Texas game and off that big win against Houston. So I don't think this Texas Tech team will uh, fare too well in this spot on the road, especially having to travel all the way up to Kansas that gives teams from the Big 12 fits. And we faded them against uh, NC State, too. Yep, no, that was a game. Yep, Which, I, they were 10-point underdog against NC State. They lost by 14. So, it's you know, they're an 8-point underdog against Kansas State. Not as good as NC State, but it's only 8. I think it went by two touchdowns in this one. I, I like that. I like Kansas State now. Hopefully, hopefully that number doesn't go too much higher. Uh, the other hangover game, Washington State, Wazoo. Yeah, they're playing. They're hosting Cal, and yeah. I don't want to. You know, I'm sorry to do this, but we'll have to talk about the Oregon game again. But <laughs> I mean, Washington I State—that was a big game against Oregon, and yeah, they were up big. And then they threw the pick six late after they they got yeah. they were trailing, and then they scored that. So it was it was one of those weird games in terms of I don't know if it, it, you could have made the case it would have been a bad beat for Washington State backers if. Uh, we didn't score late. Oh yeah, that yeah. Absolutely. So so it's one of those like weird things. But if you do look at the box score, Oregon completely dominated the box score. They had over 600 yards of total offense. They were the better team, and deserved to win. And then Wash so Washington State off that big loss. Were and I just don't think they're that good, honestly. And now they welcome a Cal team in to Washington State. Cal team that played Notre Dame close the week before. And then Notre Dame went out and looked impressed against UNC. So maybe that loss is kind of a, a good loss for Cal. And Cal beat Arizona last week. So they did. And put up some points, which is not typical of a Justin Wilcox Cal team. So I think Cal could do pretty well here um, against Washington State. Especially, I mean, one of the reasons I mentioned this is there's not a lot of underdogs I like in college this week, which is kind of rare. And uh, Cal might be one of the dogs with bite later this week or Ooh. who I mentioned the article even though it's not a huge dog they're all they're plus four mm-hmm. by like plus 160 or so on the money line I think uh Washington State's kind of in a vulnerable position coming off a, a game where they had a lot of luck just to uh you know play close against Oregon got a sandwich game in Texas A&M sandwich got Bama next week had Arkansas this week this past week yeah Mississippi State's this week. Right. So Mississippi, Mississippi State, State still a short favorite. Yeah. So three. I, I laid three with Mississippi State yesterday. It's gone up it got a up to bit. three and a half, four. I think it maybe there's a chance it comes back down. We've seen of college games. It's kind of the example of kind of waiting it out if you if you do miss. And yeah. there's really no harm in, in trying to wait and hope to get a minus three on Mississippi State. But I, I do like the idea of fading AM in this game. As you mentioned, they have a, a game against Alabama next week. And Obviously, Alabama is probably gonna be like a three touchdown favorite in that game, but it is. But Bama. there was all the summer storylines with Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher Jimbo, Jimbo, and, and yeah. Nick Saban, and I, I mean A and M shouldn't be overlooking Mississippi State, especially being an underdog, and they lost to App State earlier this year. But just kind of looking at A and M since Max Johnson took over for Haynes King and started with that Miami game, they beat Miami seventeen to nine in a, in a game that was really hard to watch, and then. Middle Tennessee goes out and scores 45 on Miami the next week. So I think that speaks kind of to Texas A&M's offense and, and the scheme Jimbo Fisher runs just not being good, even though they have a lot of talent, if they weren't able to do well against Miami, whose defense got gashed by a CUSA team. And then A&M last week 
very fortunate to be Arkansas. They're down 14 nothing right away. Yeah, they They're about to go down right again by two scores. Arkansas fumbles. There's that crazy fumble return for a touchdown. And then Arkansas has a great shot to win at the end. They kind of lollygag, settle for a 42-yard field goal. It hits the top of the upright. So I feel like A&M, it was kind of the perfect situation where A&M won in a lucky way, and now it's a good time to fade them, especially with Alabama on deck. Mississippi State, a team I think is actually pretty good. They, yeah. they played really well in the first half against LSU, and then I don't know really what happened in that game. It was a game I want to kind of look back to see um, a little bit more on, but also A&M down their star wide receiver who got hurt against Arkansas. So Mississippi State, a bet I like a lot. Let's see if we can get minus three, but if you need to lay three and a half or four on game day, I, I think this is a, a great spot to fade Jimbo Fisher's team. Listen, I, I know we talked about it before the season started. The Egg Bowl is going to be one of the better games this year. Maybe we do a little Mississippi parlay for this week. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Yeah. Both money lines to win. You could probably get pretty decent odds on that one. I could ride that. That could be, that could be a parlay play on Thursday. Yeah, usually I like parlaying the underdogs in college football, but as I mentioned, not many underdogs I like, so I might have to – and conclude some, uh, you know, Florida State and uh, Kansas State and yeah, and all those teams, yeah. and you know, maybe it's like comes out to plus two hundred. Not as fun as uh, some of those college parlays that can can get up to like twenty five to one, like on a three teamer. But hey, you just take what the board gives you and and try to have a profitable day and, and move on to the next week. So. If you want to parlay Mississippi State Ole Miss money line plus one sixteen, get a plus money. Kind of like it. Kind of like bad. it. That could be a play. Could be could be best bet. Best bet parlay. First time in the show's history. <laughs> the egg bowl best parla- bet parlay. The egg, egg, bowl, the egg parlay bowl parlay. Before even October I, begins. I think if it's like a theme parlay, then then it's acceptable. But yes. if we're just like parlaying two random uh, money line favorites, it's it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, not as cool. Not but true. if it's the uh, the Mike Leach Lane Kiffin special, there's a little <laughs> bit more of a ring to it. I love it. Uh, Thursday night game. Let's hit that before this uh, this episode ends. Dolphins Bengals. Bengals are going to be wearing their uh, white tiger uniforms, whatever that's going to look like. It's going to look pretty cool, honestly, being at home under the lights. Bengals minus four, total 47. Uh, we're seeing money on the Bengals. You like the Bengals. That number gets a little bit higher. I, I know, and the reasoning, you know, the Dolphins defense was on the field a ton in their yeah. win against Buffalo. But I, I probably, I mean, this is, it makes sense that the Dolphins would lose this game. You know, they've been going so well. One of the one of the only 3-0 and teams in, in an NFL. At some point, you expect they have to lose a game. And a little bit of rest on the road, primetime game, kind of seems like a good spot for them to lose. Yeah, definitely. So this could game could have been a market watch also because the game opened Bengals minus two, mm-hmm. which is also a look ahead, and it got bet up pretty quickly Sunday night into Monday, and then even a little bit more to push that to minus four as we record on Tuesday. So the Dolphins, as you mentioned, coming off some big wins. There's three of them that they had that were against the Patriots, a big division opponent. They had that huge comeback against the Ravens in week two. And then last week, a team that they've had very little success against recently, the Bills, they won that game. So kind of a natural letdown, especially with the fact that they were defense on the field for 90 play, ninety plays in over 40 minutes yeah. against uh, Buffalo in the humidity of South Florida. So it's also could have been like the NFL version of the hangover game in terms of the Dolphins because you're yeah. playing on a short week. You have a first-time head coach who has never had to kind of manage a team making that trip on a on, from a Sunday to a Thursday on the road in Mike McDaniel. So he's still maybe figuring stuff out. Obviously, he probably knows what to do. And from his days with the Niners, they can you know 
lean on what he learned from that. But it's still the first time doing it, so it might not be as smooth for Miami, especially the situation they come in. And also Tua is injured. I know there was that controversy where he may have had a concussion, but now yeah, they're saying it's back, back spasm. So yeah, sure. who knows? He's a guy who's been injured in the past, and on a short week, I'm not saying they're going to bench him, but maybe they don't do as much to try to – get him injured again or you know protect him a little bit more in a game they you know it'd be nice to have but because they start off three and oh just beat the bills it's a game they don't need on the other side the Bengals are one and two win against the jets last week to get back on track i think it's a good spot for the Bengals offense to do do really well not the biggest zach taylor fan as we've expressed on the podcast even during yes. their playoff during run their last Super year Bowl run you were anti-zach taylor yeah, and i think we kind of saw early in the year why uh I'm not such a big fan of him. Yeah. But I think the Bengals is a good spot catching the Dolphins when they're playing them on a short week Thursday night in Cincinnati. I think Burrow, Higgins, Chase could all have pretty big games in this in this spot against a, a Dolphins defense that's probably going to be very fatigued playing on a short week. I hate that this is making me want to bet an NFL favorite because I have seen how that goes personally for me. It doesn't go well. I bet a lot of the underdogs on Sunday, and it went really well. So I'm uh, hesitant to bet a favorite, but Thursday night game I think is a little bit of an outlier than what we usually see on Sundays. Home teams obviously get the benefit of the doubt, yeah. and the Tua injury is certainly concerning because, listen, that wasn't a back injury. <laughs> what we saw Tua struggling to even stand up, that's that's not back spasms. That was definitely right. a head injury type of thing, and yeah. I understand they're trying to, I don't know, cover it up or, or make it seem less than it was, but it's tough to come back from that four days after that no to, for to sure do, to play especially if player has been hurt before yeah get that serious injury in college and then last year was banged up and uh yeah it just doesn't seem like a spot where i could ever bet the dolphins unless it got to like plus six um i think you know the, the reason why the Bengals have got bad is because of these factors so it's built into the line but I think it's not even built enough in, in some in some instances just because the Bengals happy to be 3-0, and um, or Dolphins happy to be 3-0, Bengals, you know, 1-2. and two. They really need they this game yeah. because the schedule is going to um, get a lot tougher for them as they have to play the teams in their own division and then because they had a f- first-place schedule, other very good teams. And you mentioned, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable betting NFL favorites. It's. I usually never bet Thursday night football. I, it's just like kind of a two weird stuff can happen. Exactly. On night. I just it's, don't like the short prep. The you know not as much information in terms of yes. injuries. So I honestly stay away from Thursday night football a lot. And I know I you know, could have missed out a little bit on the number. I bet had a small bet on minus three and a half today on the uh, on the Bengals, and you know it was under a field goal on Sunday night when I was looking at my computer and stuff but i didn't really watch the dolphins game and they were outgained in that game by 285 yards so i didn't know all that stuff until like monday morning and by then it was already three and a half <laughs> too late so, yeah uh, just like just a great spot to fade the dolphins and hopefully the Bengals do their part there we go see if the, see if the favor can actually uh, win us some money on thursday night that'll do it we'll be back on thursday uh with our picks for saturday for sunday um Maybe a Monday. Maybe, maybe pick for Thursday night, and definitely a Monday. We I'm, definitely. I'm the 49ers, uh, I think we hinted the 49ers. I'm liking on, the 49ers uh, as a bet this week. It's the perfect time. If, it's the perfect time. Yeah, if, it feels so right. If I've for never some reason right. the, in the market looks like it's getting to minus three, I'd bet the Niners now. But as long as it's two and a half or lower, uh, it's, I think it's worth waiting on San Francisco. 
Uh, but yeah, that's definitely a bet we like and something we talked about earlier in the show. All right. We'll talk to everyone on Thursday. Best bets Thursday. Favorite time of the week. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.